Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Magic Mike. Now, today we have David Schreiner Khan from the podcast of Going Solo and Smashing the Plateau. Welcome to my show, David. Thank you so much, Barrett. Great to be here. So, David, could you tell us more about your show? You know, how how did you come about starting this show and tell us more about it? Yeah, so so the shows, both shows are designed to help consultants and coaches that have deep expertise in a particular discipline build their businesses, particularly when they've started their businesses after a long career as an employee. So typically mm -hmm. somebody who works 20 years or more in corporate and either by design or by circumstance decides to become self-employed and one of the very common routes is to stay in the same field mm -hmm. um, and have and run your own business rather than getting a paycheck from some larger entity. Um, so the, these people are generally very good at delivering great results for clients. They um, typically have never run a business before. Mm -hmm. They've never started a business. They um, discovered that they have a lot of challenges. They suddenly have a lot of responsibilities that they've never had before. There are a lot of new skills they have to learn. They may have never been responsible for bringing business in. So, you know, all, all of the whole business development, marketing and sales, they have ne may have never had to manage the finances of a business. Some of them are not particularly good at managing their personal finances. Um, and, you know, if a business isn't making a profit, it's not a business, it's a hobby at best. Mm -hmm. Um, and so if they want their business to fulfill their vision and to uh, help them achieve their dreams, they need to be able to know how to run a business effectively. So they have a lot of challenges along those lines. And um, the, the main difference between the two shows um, is um, you know, Smashing the Plateau was the first show that I started in 2014. Mm -hmm. um, and it has evolved over the years and, and gotten more focused on this particular niche and this problem. Um, but it's really aimed at established consultants and coaches. So people that have demonstrated they, um, they do get business, they, they have paying clients, but it's not, the business isn't where they would like it to be. Um, you know, I would say most entrepreneurs aspire to achieve something, um, something better than what they see right right now. Um, so the Smashing the Plateau is really geared for these people that have existing businesses. They'd like to, uh, you know, get to the next level of their business, however they define that. And mm -hmm. going solo is for people in that very initial stage. So, um, you know, somebody who may be 50 or 55 years old, who's worked for, for a big corporation for, as I said, like two, 20, 25, maybe even 30 years. And um, something happens either they've decided on their own proactively to leave, or maybe they've been pushed out, which is quite common. And they, they really want to have, do their own thing. Um, mm -hmm. that initial stage is very hard. There's, uh, um, I've had many guests on the show talk about how traumatic it is and they, they use the word trauma. So mm -hmm. it's, um, there's a lot, a lot you have to address right away. Um, and unlike, when you have a job, like if you, if you leave a job, your mm -hmm. income, if your income is coming only from your job, your income goes from a hundred percent to zero overnight. If you get another job, 
two weeks later, your income goes from zero back to 100% the first day you start working. When you start a business, it never goes from zero to 100% in one day. You're lucky if it goes from zero to 100% in a year. That's a whole different story. <laughs> yeah. That's like a unicorn in that sense, right? That's like pretty much. Yeah. yeah. So that so that's that's the whole the theme of the show. Mm -hmm. Um, I I started podcasting. Really, it was honestly it was a relatively small pivot on content we were already creating in a written blog. So we had mm -hmm. we had, were doing these text based interviews where we were um, posting blogs um, blog posts uh, five days a week, Monday through Friday. Mm -hmm. of which um, four of them were interviews. And we did a little survey with our audience, got the feedback that they wanted greater depth. And so we decided to test doing audio interviews as a mm -hmm. way to create greater depth. Uh, that was in 2014. You know, as, as, as you and I and, and everyone else who listens to podcasts knows, the world of podcasting has changed um, exponentially in the last seven years. Yeah. Um, so we you know we've tried to evolve along with it. Um, mm -hmm. At the same time, one of the things that I'm proud of is that we have released content consistently every single week for seven years. Wow! Wow! That's that's actually a huge achie achievement, to be honest, because to have that process and to constantly push out a episode a week for the past seven years, not more every than one a week. Again. Yeah. So we. More, uh, yeah. So so. When when we had just one podcast, mm. um, all, most except for the very the first few months, we were mm. releasing two episodes a week of Smashing the Plateau, and then after I guess it was about uh, uh, five years of doing Smashing the Plateau, I thought, you know, I, I don't know that we're really gaining so much benefit by doing this twice a week it's a lot of time it does cost mm -hmm. money to produce a show you know that you're in production yeah, so i thought yeah. you know what uh, i'll cut it back to once a week and see whether it makes any difference so lo and behold i cut it back to once a week and two months later i thought you know what i think there's room for another show <laughs> so i you know i spent a few months planning the the second show but then by the end of the end of that year we launched the second show we were back up to producing two episodes a week, just mm -hmm. one one episode for each show, which is what we do now. Right. And so, David, how did you actually start off with your mic setup and, you know, your whole setup? 2014, you know, walk us through what are the mics you're using and what is the white, what are the mics you're using now in 2021? Uh, so the mics, yeah, the, the technical setup and the mics were different. And frankly, the... The tools that were available in 2014 were also different than they are now, as I'm sure you know. Yeah. Uh, so, so initially, um, the actual, the, the very first mic that I used was a v very inexpensive headset mic that um, was not all that good. Right. Um, but it wasn't. It wasn't the computer, the built-in mic in the computer. Uh, <laughs> so, you know, it was it was a USB mic. Um, mm -hmm. So I used that. We were using uh, we were using Skype to record the the episodes. Right. They were um, almost all interview episodes. So mm -hmm. it was me and, and another guest, and the guest was in a different location. And even you know because we were using Skype, even if 
I would record an episode with somebody who was in the same city where mm -hmm. we could have done it in the same location. I always tell them, no, we have to be in different locations because we're going to use Skype because I exactly. it was just easier for me to use the same setup all the time. Yeah. I didn't actually have the, the equipment to do it in person. And I wasn't going to go out and buy equipment when, you know, I would say 95% of my interviews were with people from other cities. Yeah. yeah. Uh, right. So, um, so we use Skype. Uh, Skype has this add-on piece of software called Ecamm Recorder. Yes. The, right. Which, which a, Ecamm a lot Live of podcasters, recording. right. A lot of podcasters use that for years. I know Skype now has a built-in recording yep. tool, um, yep, but yep, for yep. years it did not. And Skype produced pretty good quality recordings. Yep. You were at the mercy of your internet connection, and you mm -hmm. still are if you use Skype. Um, but it wasn't bad, and you couldn't beat the price. It was free. You know, the Ecamm software, there was a price for it, but it was so minimal, and it was a one-time expense. Yeah. Um, and, and frankly, and they give you free upgrades, too which is crazy. I don't know how they make money. Um, they certainly didn't make a lot from, from us, <laughs> but, but um, so we used to use Skype. Um, uh, I had a, a Mac laptop mm -hmm. and still have a Mac laptop that I use, which, you know, they're, they're, they're great machines. Uh, what else? I don't know. What, what else do we need in order to do this? I think more or less that's about it. You have your software, you have your mic and headset. Yeah. So then, yeah. So then you, you would ask me about the mic. So, um, you know, part of the thing was I didn't want to invest a lot of money if I mm -hmm. wasn't going to continue to do it. So mm -hmm. I'd never done, I'd never hosted a podcast before. I had no idea whether I'd be any good at it, whether I'd like it, whether I'd keep doing it. So I figured, let me at least try it with a minimal investment. Um, once, once, um, you know, we were doing it for a couple of months, I realized, mm -hmm. Hey, this is actually pretty cool. I'm getting to meet people that I wouldn't meet otherwise. I'm getting people that have pretty um, and a pretty significant profiles to spend an hour with me. Mm -hmm. um, and um, that that's actually quite remarkable. Um, I, I should keep doing this. Mm -hmm. So uh, so I upgraded the mic. I got the um, the Yeti microphone. Right. Which, okay. Which I use, which is a good mic, and you know, I used it for a long time. Mm -hmm. I still have the mic. Um, mm -hmm. At some point, I don't know. It was maybe a couple years ago. I upgraded to the ATR twenty one hundred. It gives uh -huh. um, it because it doesn't pick up a lot of background noise. I think it gives a slightly better quality. Yep. And it it also has a. I don't know. To me, it sounds like a richer sound. So I like mm -hmm. the ATR 2100 better for podcasting. I, I know there, I, I was going to say, you, you, I know there are much more expensive mics that a lot of podcasters mm -hmm. use, you know, that are probably three and four times the price of the ATR 2100. I've never felt compelled to, to <laughs> invest more in a mic than, than what I have. Yeah. I think the ATR 2100 is a pretty solid mic to be honest i'll put that in the range of like the samson q2u and the even the latest atr atr 2100x because with the blue yeti i mean they have four modes you can choose from the condenser dyne um, um cardioid and etc etc but with the atr 2100 like you said it's it's a dynamic mic so it only picks up within a bubble you see so whatever background noises you have it doesn't pick it up and for a usb microphone that's pretty solid 
that's honestly pretty solid. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, now you're using the ATR 200. What about your hosting platforms? Like, how have you been hosting the show, actually? So, um, we started off using Libsyn, which is... Mm-hmm. is is pretty common um it's, it's one of the, one of the big guys mm. and you know it was very solid and worked quite well um and then several years ago we mi- migrated um initially we we migrated our website um to podcast websites which um, I, I don't know if you're familiar with it. it. It was developed by two veteran podcasters. And um, frankly, our, our website really needed an upgrade badly. And what, um, and I, you know, I know personally know both Mark Asquith and John Lee Dumas, who are the co-founders and, and mm-hmm. the, um, um, you know, they run podcast websites yep. and I, and I, I know that they both are very serious about high quality, um, high quality results. Yep. Um, and I took a look at, at what they had created and I thought, oh, this is something that will work really well. Um, I like the idea of having a website for a podcast that we don't have to keep upgrading. Mm-hmm. Right. Whenever, whenever the technology changes, they take care of the upgrades. So I, I like the idea of a website as a service right. for specifically designed for podcasts. And, for, and mm-hmm. honestly, it works beautifully. Um, I've never had to fuss with it. It's mm-hmm. really easy to use. It looks great. It, it does everything we need to support the podcast. Mm-hmm. And then they came out with their own audio hosting system called right, Captivate. Right. Um, sometime after launching podcast websites, and it was just a no-brainer to switch from Libsyn to Captivate because it it was built to integrate with podcast websites. I know these guys. I know they'll do a good job supporting it. Um, so, so it's, it's, and it's, and it has features that Libsyn doesn't have, which are also really good for podcasts. Right. So it, like, it's like, sort of like, like I was going to say, you like you can embed. Mm-hmm. Um, you can bet an image of your mm-hmm. podcast, like like the actual podcast player, on social media, on a, on um, somebody mm-hmm. else's website, where the the viewer can just click on the the player and play mm-hmm. your show right there. It's quite cool. I mean, in a way, it's like so you you took a step because you took that step to move from Lipsyn because it sort of like made sense. It's 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 an integration. It's like yeah. It's housing it under one. It's it's just making it easier, am I right? That's that's ultimately the that that's what I believe makes podcasting easier, having processes and having easy integrations. That honestly keeps you away from podfit. That keeps you away from like just you know think making it as it like oh should I be doing this should I you know take take away the thinking element as long as we like integrate all these small processes. I think that's what makes podcasting journey. Um, easier process in that sense. Um, I agree, and also, you know, I'm very process driven as uh, as a <laughs> business owner. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was trained as an engineer, and so I I can't mm-hmm. get that kind of analytical thinking out of my system. Right. And um, you know, I'm I'm always trying to think about okay, so I, so how do I create a process to support this? Once mm-hmm. I create the first 
the first version of the process? How do I improve on it? How do I make it easier? Yeah, how do yeah. I how do I automate? And so, yeah. you know, over the years, one of the the comments we get from guests is that we mm -hmm. make it really easy for guests to prepare. We provide them with all the information that they need, um, mm -hmm. and we do it in a way that's very automated, so it doesn't mm -hmm. take much in the way of our staff time to be able to get a guest set up. Um, mm -hmm. You know, we just we give them a link and they can follow the instructions and do the rest. Right, right. Um, so, you know, moving on from the technical aspects, coming into like, you know, promoting your show. How, how do you promote these shows um, now in 2021? Um, that's a great question. So, um, you know, we, we have um, like one of the ways that we promote the show is, and this is true, um, I, I would say any show where you have a guest, um, you know, your hope is that the guest will then promote the show to their audience. Mm -hmm. um, you know, so we do, um, we're pretty explicit with guests that we expect them to share it with their audience. Um, we, you know, we can't force anybody to do it. Um, but we do tell them up front that, that it's an expectation. We do remind them after the mm -hmm. episode goes live mm -hmm. that, um, you know, they, they said they would share it. And we, we also give them tools that they can use to share the show. Um, you know, so we'll give them text that they can share. We, mm -hmm. of course we give them the link, which is pretty basic, but we also mm -hmm. give them some, some, some other material that they can use to share the show. So the, um, I would say through the guest network is probably the biggest way that that we promote the show. And honestly, when you think about a a business based podcast like ours, mm -hmm. um, where it's a, it's a free educational tool for the audience, mm -hmm. um, and people that listen to podcasts are going to listen to other podcasts. Yeah. So to the extent that we have people on our show where there's something similar about our audiences, it seems pretty natural that sharing it with each other's audiences is going to help each of us grow our audiences. Mm -hmm. um, so, so that's, that's one way. Another way is, um, as a podcast host, I'm, um, I also look for other podcasters that, that fit our profile to have on as guests, because I know, again, they already have, an audience of listeners, those right. listeners are going to listen to other podcasts. Um, so that's another way to, to grow the audience, deepen the audience. We do, um, occasionally get featured in the press that helps mm. a little bit. Um, you know, we, we, we do post on social media, social media helps a little bit. Mm -hmm. um there's the there's the organic growth of um our listeners are going to suggest to people in their network mm -hmm. that they check out our our show if if our show is relevant to them mm -hmm. uh, so i i would say probably the biggest uh biggest method has been a uh, a variety of of methods that are primarily organic in nature gotcha so it's a, a bit, a bit more on like cross-platform promotion, um, cross, cross-promoting yes. actually, not platform. Uh, cross yeah, I would say like, like, um, 
we're cross-promoting based on networks and relationships we have with right. other people that have audiences. Right, right. That's that's pretty cool. That's quite interesting, you know, like, because podcasters I've interviewed before, they, you know, they use social media. I mean, that's like the basic, but I think this is quite interesting, you know, leverage, not leveraging on like your each other's networks to sort of build up your audiences. I think that's quite uh, interesting to explore for podcasters, you know, to try out something they can try out in that sense. It, honestly, I, I find that it works pretty well. I also mm -hmm. find that podcast hosts tend to be people with collaborative spirit, mm -hmm. which lends it, that lends itself to a desire to help other podcast hosts. Mm -hmm. e even if you're solving a very similar problem for the, a very similar audience, I find that, um, uh, unlike in other aspects in business, there is not a lot of um, uh, cutthroat competitive spirit among mm -hmm. podcasters. People tend to be pretty generous helpful. And, and, and helpful and collaborative mm -hmm. um, and a, a belief that there's, um, e even though there are, I don't know, 8 billion people in the world or whatever it is, mm -hmm. um, podcasters think that there, there are enough listeners for everybody. Yeah, That's, that's <laughs> what I've found. <laughs> um, David, what has been? I mean, you've been in this game, you've been this this industry for almost seven years. I'm pretty sure you'd have came across challenges and problems. You you would have solved it, but what has been the biggest problem so far as a as a podcaster? I don't know if there's Barrett. If there's really one hmm. looming big problem. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, w w one of the challenges has been, um, which, which we've solved, um, I think pretty early on and, and pretty easily. One of the problems is, um, figuring out how to, how to do this consistently in a way that is affordable mm -hmm. and, both in terms of money and time, hmm. you know, um, it, it, as a host, it does take, it takes time to host a show. Like there's, there's time that I'm spending live with guests that are, that we're spending recording. There's mm -hmm. time that I spend researching, um, what we're going to talk about on each mm -hmm. episode. There's, there's a certain amount of follow-up that needs to be done after each episode is recorded. Mm -hmm. And then there, there are, um, other tasks that um, that I personally don't do, um, and one of the things that that we have done with my shows is um, we've used a range of um, uh, of of um, different kinds of of team members mm. to produce the show, mm -hmm. uh, ranging from having a um a pretty robust team that was doing a lot um there was a point when i wanted to um i wanted to restructure it in a way that i thought might be smarter and more effective and the only way that i felt like i could get a better handle on what was needed was by doing all the production myself okay uh, so i did that for a few months um talk about time consuming that was definitely more time consuming but it, it really is. helped me 
Um, it helped me improve. the process. Yeah, helped me both understand and and improve it. Um, so I figured out what I really didn't want to do myself, um, and I found some really good team members to help mm. uh, who are still with me today. Uh, okay. So what? This was a few years ago, and they're mm. they're team members that are really um, well organized and consistent, um, consistent in in both delivery of their work and also consistent in the quality of their work. Mm -hmm. Um, so I'm, I, you know, I feel very blessed to have such a great team. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I think it was important to actually spend some time trying to figure out how I wanted to change the process in order to do that. So mm -hmm. figuring out the team was, um, you know, it, it's one of the bigger challenges and I see with other podcasters, there are a lot of different ways to do the production. Mm -hmm. Um, some people do everything themselves because they want to, some people do mm -hmm. everything themselves because they don't want to in invest any money in their, in their podcast, unless they absolutely have to. Um, some are not too concerned about quality. Mm -hmm. And so like the quality of the audio sometimes is not so great. Um, uh, you know, I'd, I'd love to be able to be in a position to produce shows like, um, you know, the highly produced NPR shows yeah. um, or or the, you know, um, you know, what Gimlet Media now yeah, does the, it, like, right. When the they, when they, like, even when they when they first started out, I was following um, Alex Bloomberg and what he was doing with startup in the beginning was mm -hmm. really kind of fascinating. Um, you know, I hadn't been, had not been podcasting all that long when he decided to, to launch his own, his own podcast. Uh, you know, he, he's somebody who has, um, uh, an audio journalism background. So it was mm -hmm. interesting from, for me to kind of hear what he was doing from, um, um, uh, both audio production perspective and also, from um, an audio storytelling perspective. So following him, I got to learn a few techniques. Mm -hmm. um, but I also saw that because he had um, both a, a kind of reach and also he had some investors, he was able to um, put money into the production process that we just can't afford to do. So, yeah. it, you know, it's, it's a whole different level. Um, yeah. You know, I, I, if I had a different kind of show, um, and, and different kind of economics behind it. Um, you know, I, things would be a lot different than they, than they are now. Um, but you know, for what we were able to do with, uh, mm -hmm. again, with, you know, producing two episodes a week consistently, mm -hmm. um, we, you know, we do have lots of consistent listeners and people are glad that we produce what we produce. We mm -hmm. get great feedback that the, the shows are helpful, especially mm -hmm. for people that are, that are facing the problem that our audience faces about trying to build a consulting or coaching business late, late in their career. Um, mm -hmm. you know, I'm glad we're able to produce content that is helpful Fun. to people and, uh, and helps them learn how to do a better job of what they're trying to do. Awesome. Awesome. So David, you know, we're coming to the end of the show and I've, I've, I, you know, I'm asking these questions. I've, I've, I always ask this couple of questions to podcasters. If there's this one magical app because you know 2021 has been the year where apps has been on the rise and it's making podcasting much more easier but if there's this one magical app that would solve all your problems as a podcaster what would that be 
Yeah, for me, I don't, I'm not sure it's an app. I'll be honest with you, Barrett. Okay. Um, the, like the technical tools that we use work pretty well. We mm -hmm. use Squadcast now for recording, just like you do. Mm -hmm. um, it's a great tool. It's, um, you know, m maybe if, if there was one, one app that managed the entire process, uh, okay. from soup to nuts. So like, if you think about it, you know, we could use some, some podcasters use project management tools to manage yeah. the process. We don't. Um, but if there was one app that, that would manage everything from the initial plan to, um, to do an episode and the, not just the release, but also the promotion of the episode afterwards, like, mm -hmm. like all of the steps from soup to nuts. Um, you know, that, that might be something worth doing, mm -hmm. right? However, one of the challenges is that if you design such a thing, it's not going to work for everybody because everybody's the, everybody's purpose for a podcast is a little different. Everybody's yeah. process is a little bit different. It's kind of yeah. like when Apple came out with the iPhone, it was a game changer, but it doesn't do certain things that I was doing with my mobile device before mm -hmm. I had an iPhone. Mm -hmm. And I still can't do. <laughs> so the, you, you're, you're always going to have compromises when a, when a new app comes mm -hmm. out. That's, that's pretty interesting because like, you know, you know, to manage the whole process, that's actually a challenge as well to me because to know where you should pick out your whole, like, you know, to know, to, to identify what is needed in the process. I think that itself to take out the thinking element of it. I, I think that's and important. And to automate the whole things, like, like all exactly. the steps we do. So like, um, I like, if I'm speaking to you about potentially being a guest on my show, then I say, okay, mm. I'm going to invite you Barrett. So what do I do next? Um, I've got to send you something so that you can get booked on a recording time slot. Exactly. And then, and then it has to integrate with all the platforms that we use, all the, the tools and the resources we use. Um, and like, and, and like, you know, from doing your show, everybody has a different setup. Exactly. Right. So you've got to, you probably have to come up with one setup that's going to be the like integrated with it in, in order yeah. for it to work. Um, is it a really interesting question? I'd love to hear some of what you've learned from uh, from all of your guests asking this question. <laughs> I mean, some of them have said they want to, you know, one button to publish everything, one button to edit everything. Uh, maybe a tracking, something to track, um, app that tracks. But nobody, nobody I, I've came across thought about process. Really. They, they sort of like figured their process out. So they actually consistently just work out the same thing. Nobody talked about automation. Interestingly. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm, I'm a big fan of automation. Nobody talked about automation. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. It's you know, with with yeah. artificial intelligence being what it is today, um, one could probably automate the whole thing using yeah. some, um, you know, de deciding on what the common tools would be. Yeah. It's quite interesting, you know, how podcasters, I, I think it, it also varies, like, you know, how long you are in this industry, because one trend I'm noticing is like the longer you are in this industry, the more 
you start to sort of optimize your um, processes. That's that's one thing I'm I'm, I'm sort of picking up slowly mm-hmm. from uh, from the podcasts I've done. So that's actually a very insightful and a very um, thought provoking. I would say Th- that's the exact word I would use. That's a very thought provoking. This is a very thought provoking episode. You know, like how automation can actually help you, how processes can help you um, keep your podcast consistency up there. So you know that's that's been amazing. As a final question, David, <laughs> I ask this to all podcasters: What did you have for breakfast this morning? What did I have for breakfast this morning? I, I okay. I had a cup of coffee. I had scrambled eggs. Nice. Um, I had f- some nice fruit. Right. And I had matzah. Perfect. Because it's Passover. Yeah. Awesome, David. Thank you for coming on Magic Mike and sharing your insights. I hope the listeners had a good, insightful listen, and I hope you had great fun on being on the show as well. Oh, I was terrific, Barrett. Thank you for inviting me. Good luck with what you're trying to do. Thank you, David. <laughs>